Well, amen. Praise the Lord for what we've already experienced is being in church this morning. I trust that you have been blessed as I have been blessed. First Samuel, first Samuel chapter two, we're going to be reading verse 27 down to verse 30. First Samuel chapter two, if you would stand with me, we'll read the word of God together. If you're able to stand. Verse 27, and there came a man of God unto Eli and said unto him, thus saith the Lord, did I plainly appear unto the house of thy father when they were in Egypt in Pharaoh's house? Did I choose him out of all the tribes of Israel to be my priest? to offer upon mine altar, to burn incense, to wear an ephod before me? And did I give unto the house of thy father all the offerings made by fire of the children of Israel? Wherefore, kick ye at my sacrifice and at mine offering which I have commanded in my habitation, and honorest thy sons above me to make yourselves fat with the chiefest of all the offerings of Israel, my people. Wherefore, the Lord God of Israel saith, I said indeed that thy house and the house of thy father should walk before me forever. But now the Lord saith, be it far from me. For them that honor me, I will honor. And they that despise me, shall be lightly esteemed. And let's pray. Our Father and our God, as we bow before you once again, what a blessing just being in the house of the Lord, sensing your presence here, being ministered through the music. But now, Father, we've opened up your word, and I know that you have a message for each one of us here today. And I pray, God, that you'd help each one to put everything else out of their minds and focus on why we're here and to receive what you have for us. I pray that your spirit would bear witness with our spirit and direct us if there's decisions that need to be made, that we'd be willing and ready to make them. Pray that you would use me once again as an instrument in your hand to bring forth your message to your people from your word. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. You may be seated. Since Mother's Day, we've been preaching and teaching on messages on the home. Things that society, especially in the United States of America, has been a no-brainer, if you will. It's just been common sense. It's been an understanding of what God has established. But we've come, we've gone away from those things for the most part. And we're not heading in 
the direction that I believed that God would have us to head in as, as a people based on his word. And so we preached, first of all, on Mother's Day, that God made a male named him Adam. Then God made a female, female out of the rib of Adam and allowed Adam to name her Eve, which was the mother of all living. Very important. The mother of all living. And I can't go back and re-preach that, but how important the position of a woman is. God's female, that's the definition of a woman, God's female. And she was the mother of all living. They became one. The second message we preach is they became one in marriage. God performed the marriage of Adam and Eve. And then they were called husband and wife. So every female then, when you get married, you have another position, not only as a female, and shouldn't it, you ought to be thankful that God made you a female as well as you ought to be thankful that God made you a male and as a male then God gives you another position of a husband when you get married and God gives the female a position of wife and we need to understand that it is your home that you establish you leave mother and father you leave your the home you were raised in and now you're expected by God to establish your home you've been married now, it's just the, the mo most important thing outside of God is the two of you and establishing your home and the atmosphere of your home is very important because you will establish the atmosphere of your home, whether you have the blessings of God upon that or not. You will determine that. We preach that message. Then they had a baby. <laughs> Babies change everything. Yeah. Last Sunday night, we preached on... Now you've been given another title. You had a baby, so now your father and your mother. So that male gets married, becomes a husband, then you have a baby and you become, you don't do away with the husband and you don't do away with the male, but you add another title and a responsibility of a male and now you're a father. And the very same thing with the female, now you're a mother. And they needed to establish order of priorities. What's, what fails in most marriages is a failure of understanding the order of priorities that God's given to us in establishing our home and relationship. God has an order of priorities. Yeah. Last Sunday night. This morning, as we just look at life and we continue in the basics of understanding life, you have growing children. <laughs> Those babies are not remaining babies. They're growing up. And more than likely, you have more than one. And you have growing children. Babies are growing up. They're no longer babies. Hmm. Let me ask you a question, parents. What do you see when you look at your baby? You had a baby. What do you see? <laughs> well, the, the main thing that you see is the physical appearance. And everybody wants to tell you who they think that baby looks like. 
I think all babies look a lot the same. <laughs> uh, now, I can say this as I address all babies, because no one hopefully is going to take this personal, but not all babies look alike and not all babies are cute. <laughs> now, I've seen some ugly babies. <laughs> not yours, not yours. Yours is one of the, the, the cutest baby I've ever saw. And you're looking to make positive comments, and you can always comment on, look at the hair, or not. (laughs) But those physical features change year to year, in the early stages, month to month. And so you look at that baby and think, well, there's still hope. (laughs) That ugly baby might turn out to be the prettiest of all. And that cutest baby might turn out to be one of the ugliest of all. Who knows? It looks like you, so yeah. (laughs) Again, I can say this as I preach to the crowds, amen. I would never say that to you individually, (laughs) but it's true. Why is that? Because they're babies. God designed babies to grow up. Children are designed with a need to be raised. That's how God designed them. Today we're not looking at children being designed to be raised because we're focused on, the world is focused on an evolution. Can I tell you, there's no evolution where an animal becomes a human. Uh, things do change, and there is somewhat of an evolutionary process, and, and things will develop differently. I understand that, but only within its kind. The Bible says that. The, God reveals that to us. There is no evolution ever of anything evolving out of its kind that God created. And definitely no evolution of animal becoming human. The Bible says in Psalms 139 that we were fearfully and wonderfully made from the womb. Laws, morality, lifestyles today are being based on evolution, which is a lie from the devil, because there is no evolution. I I would be offended, I am offended by anybody saying that I evolved from an animal. And today they're putting more value on animals than they are on humans. Man was created in the likeness and the image of an almighty creator, God, an eternal God. We can't lose sight of that. The creator said to parents, bring them up. Ephesians in chapter 6 and throughout the scriptures, you have reference to God telling us that we need to raise our children in the nurture and admonition of the Lord But the creator said, I designed 
that baby in the womb with a need to be raised. What should you see when you look at that little baby? Children are human. It's a little man or it's a little woman. It's a little male or little female. Children are human beings with not only a physical body, which is carnal, that physical body will grow and one day die. But inside of that physical body, the Bible says that physical body is actually a house. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 1, it says that, that is, this body is the house that we live in. God developed this body to house a spirit and a soul. Every time I preach a funeral, I try to help people see that you're looking at this house as you look at this body that this person lived in for however many years, but when they die, the house goes back to the dust of the ground. But what was inside of that house, the spirit and the soul of that individual is eternal. When you look at your baby, you need to be able to see not only a physical body, because that will be a carnal body that you have to teach that child to learn to discipline, and we're going to be dealing with the discipline of children tonight, because you disciplining them helps them to learn how to discipline themselves. That is that carnal aspect of, the, of humanity. That is that physical body of humanity. But when you look at, the inside, look at that baby, not only should you see that carnal physical body, but you ought to see that there is an eternal spirit and there is an eternal soul that God has given to you to raise. You see the baby and you can see the physical and you will be able to see the natural development, the maturity of that physical body. But do you realize that there is a spirit that needs the same kind of help to mature? You have an infant spirit. You have an infant soul that needs to be raised, that needs to be, have the help to mature. The spirit is that which God created in us after his likeness and his image that has allowed us to be God conscious. God consciousness, that's what the spirit is. That, that's aware of the things of God. That's aware of the things of spirit. God is a spirit and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. God's spirit will bear witness with our spirit. God puts a spirit in that little, in the womb of that, that, that child, in the body of that child, the house of that child. And it's a, it is a spirit that needs to be brought up. It's a spirit that needs to be raised. It's to be helped to mature, have a full understanding of God. When you look at that little baby, you have an eternal spirit in that baby. And you have an eternal soul. That is self-consciousness. That is within the mind of that little brain, if you will. The brain has just been 
started. It's just infant. And it's going to develop. And it needs to be raised to develop the way it needs to develop. If that brain is not taught, and if that brain is not developed the way it should develop, you're going to find an evil individual capable of doing evil acts as we're witnessing in our society today. There is a failure of raising, bringing up that soul consciousness, which is self-consciousness. And there is a failure in bringing up the spirit to understand that there is an eternal God and God consciousness. It needs to sink in. That's a powerful understanding right there, powerful truth. Every baby has all three, and all three need to be helped to maturity. It's sad, but many never have never been helped to mature in their spirit or their God consciousness. When they do not develop in their God consciousness, then their self-consciousness blocks out their spiritual awareness of God and they live a carnal life based on self-consciousness. First Thessalonians in chapter 5, and we're going to get back to our text here in just a minute, but you have to have this. That's the foundation that we're establishing right here, truths that we need to understand. But in First Thessalonians, Paul was writing to the believers in Thessalonica, and he says here in First Thessalonians in chapter 23, and the very God of peace, he's saying, I'm praying for you, I'm asking you to abstain from these appearances of all evil, uh, need to prove all things, you need to be raised in a spiritual understanding of things. And he says, and the very God of peace, sanctify you wholly. Sanctify every part of you wholly. And I pray God your whole spirit and soul and body. That's all of us. That's every human being. Your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless under the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. That means that it is developing as God would have us to develop. And it is yielded to the spirit of God. As our spirits need to be yielded to the spirit of God, our souls, our minds, our self-consciousness need to be yielded to the spirit of God. Even our physical bodies, we are not our own. We are not our own anymore. Once we get saved, we become God's. You were bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body. That's how we ought to be raised. You're raising the spiritual awareness in that child. You're raising the self-consciousness aware, the soul of that child. And you're helping that child to develop a body. That child understands my body is the Lord's. And I need to glorify God in my spirit, and I need to glorify God in my soul, and I need to glorify God in my body. That's this Bible. That is what God teaches humanity. The most important work accomplished for God is accomplished in the home. 
You'll never impact society without impacting the home. We honor God by doing what God says for us to do. We come to that place, men, women, husbands, wives, mothers, fathers, bring up your children. If you had children, your first ministry to God as husband and wife, as father and mother, to make sure that you're helping that little baby to mature as God wants it to mature. Wow. Our text here this morning, 1 Samuel chapter 2, it's not automatic. Eli was the high priest. And he failed his own sons. And he failed his own sons because he failed to honor God in his house. And when you fail to honor God in your house, you will dishonor God in your home and how your children are being raised and how your children are being developed. In chapter 2 and verse 12, concerning his two boys, his two sons, now the sons of Eli were sons of Belial. That means that they were evil. They had yielded themselves to the devil and they knew not the Lord. They knew not the Lord and yet they had a position in the church. They had a position in the house of God to represent God and they were lost. They didn't know God. They were just following through with the motions and they were taking advantage of the position that they had and they were taking advantage of the people of God. Oh, they were taking advantage of the children of Israel who looked to the priest to represent God. That happened way back when in Eli. When Eli was a high priest. Can I tell you if it happened then, it will continue to happen today. Not everyone in the ministry knows God. Thus you have all the evils taking place in so-called churches and so-called ministries where they're doing ungodly things to the people who come in to worship God through them. What a sad day. Yeah. They knew not the Lord. It's possible for children to be raised in church and never be saved. Because they never focus on the spiritual aspect of their maturity. No spiritual maturity, no personal walk with God. It's just following through with the motions. Just motions. You come get up on Sunday because I don't have a choice. I have to come to church. I go to church. 
go through the motions of just singing out or just sitting there while other people are singing, go through the motions of having to sit and hear a preacher get up there and spit and, <laughs> and shout and yell and whatever it might be. And then I go home as if nothing ever happened. I didn't get anything out of it because I did not want to get anything out of it and my spirit never matured at all. Eli knew of his son's sinful behavior and allowed them to get by with it, allowed them to keep their positions even as priests, which revealed how they were raised, never to be accountable, to be allowed to live and do whatever they wanted to do. Chapter 2 and verse 17, the Bible says, Wherefore, the sin of the young men was very great before the Lord. God's seen it all. For men abhorred the offering of the Lord. Satan used it to keep the children of Israel from wanting to go to the tabernacle and to go and to give their offering because they knew if they went, they would be abused. Because those who were entrusted with this holy activity of worship didn't even know God verse 22 and the Lord visited Hannah in verse 22 brother now Eli was very old and heard all that his sons did unto all Israel he was aware of what was going on and how they lay with the women that assembled at the door of the tabernacle of the congregation and he said unto them why do you such things for I hear of your evil dealings by all this people, he understood it and he saw it, but he didn't do anything about it because they were his children, because they were his sons. He allowed them to do all these evils. And in doing all these evils, Eli honored his sons above honoring God. That's out of order. When you honor your children and you allow them to live and do whatever they want to do, you're honoring them above honoring God. And when you honor your children children above God, you're out of order. God has established a priority, an order of priorities. And when you're not following the order of priorities that God has established, you're out of order. And when you get out of order, nothing good can come of it. Verse 29. Wherefore, kick ye at my sacrifice. This is the man of God coming to Eli, telling him exactly what's taken place. Wherefore, kick ye at my sacrifice and at mine offering, which I have commanded in my habitation, and honorest thy sons above me. Eli, whether you understood that's what you were doing or not, it doesn't matter. That's what you were doing. You understood and you were aware of your son's evil, and you allowed them to get by with the evil, and you had the position of authority over your children and over the house of God. And you allowed it. And by allowing it, you honorest thy sons above me to make yourselves, not only was the sons profiting from this, 
but he was profiting from it as well. Fat. To make yourselves fat with the chiefest of all the offerings of Israel, my people. He failed to see his babies mature spiritually. Along with mental self-consciousness and physical. Abraham dealt with this as he instructed the people, Deuteronomy chapter, or Moses here, Deuteronomy chapter 6, before the people would go into the promised land, Moses knew God's will and what would have to take place if they were going to have it more than one generation, if they would have generations of believers. In Deuteronomy chapter 6 and verse 6, he says this, and these words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart. And thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children so that they can spiritual develop spiritually. You're teaching them to understand that there is a God. You're teaching them to understand that they can communicate with God. And God will communicate with humanity. And God has communicated with humanity. And thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children and shalt talk of them when thou sittest in thine house and when thou walkest by the way and when thou liest down and when thou risest up because they need need this spiritual maturity. They need to understand this for them to have a right maturity in their understanding of themselves and for them to develop physically and continue to live the physical life as God would have you to live your physical life. It begins with a spiritual life. Even before you know God, be aware of God. So when you come to that age of accountability, you will be readily receiving God as your own Savior. We're going to study that tonight as far as that discipline that will help them to do that. But he says unto them, when you sit us in your house and when you walk us by the way and when you, thou liest down and when thou rises up, not only, he didn't stop there. And thou shalt bind them for a sign upon thine hand and thou shalt be as frontless between thine eyes and thou shalt write them upon the post of thy house and on thy gates. As the United States of America, we've had the Ten Commandments. We used to have them in every government facility. We used to have them in every public school. We used to open up in prayer. We, all, we, we wanted our children that were coming to, 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 to be educated, to be educated with an understanding that there is a God. What's happening to society today is not because of a gun ban or a, non, a non-law and gun violence, it is because we are not raising our children to mature spiritually. And they're all thinking about themselves. And when you focus on yourself, you don't think about who else you're hurting and who else you're, you're mad at and what you do to other people. That is mm, that's selfishness. But when you understand that the spiritual maturity will help you to develop as you ought to develop in your own soul and your own body. So important. Your baby developed spiritually. In 
And it shall be when the Lord thy God shall have brought thee into the land which he sware unto thy fathers, to Abraham and to Isaac and to Jacob, to give thee greatly and goodly cities which thou buildest not. And they will continue. If you continue to read, it will make a difference in the future generations. But if you fail to help them to mature spiritual, their spiritual maturity, it will be devastating in the future generations. Eli failed to honor God. Before I close this morning, I have to, God's given us a godly example. Example. Abraham, the opposite of Eli, Genesis in chapter 22, the opposite of what Eli did, in Genesis in chapter 22, you had the birth of Isaac, and Abraham realized that God had a purpose and a plan for Isaac, who would have Jacob, who would be named Israel, who would have the 12 sons and the 12 tribes of Israel. But before he could accomplish what God had for him to accomplish, he had to start maturing spiritually. And it came to pass after these things that God did test or tempt Abraham and said unto him, Abraham, and he said, Behold, here I am. And he said, Take now thy son, thine only son Isaac, whom thou lovest, and get thee into the land of Moriah, and offer him there in a, for a burnt offering upon one of the mountains, which I will tell thee. Supposed to take my son and offer him? No, you're supposed to obey God. This is just an example of uh, one of the greatest tests of all the Bible. Do you honor me or do you honor your son above me? If you honor me, then do what I tell you to do. Verse 5. And Abraham said unto his, young, unto his young men, Abide here with the ass, and I, will, I and the lad will go yonder and worship. Because this is what I'm doing. I'm obeying God. That's worshiping God. I'm honoring God above all my son. I'm honoring God above all other things. I'm going to worship. He says, But we are going to go, me and my son, I and the lad will go yonder and worship and come again to you. <laughs> he didn't understand what was going to be taking place but he knew that the only one that would love Isaac more than he could love Isaac would be God and God would never do anything to Isaac that would be devastating to Isaac because God had a purpose and a plan for Isaac and this is a test for me to see whether I will honor God or my son Am I going to raise my children according to God's word or am I going to let them be raised the way, ever, the way they want to be raised? Am I going to let them live and develop as they want to live and develop or will I take the, the precious opportunities I'll have when I can still make a difference in their little minds and in their little spirits and help them to mature as God wants them to mature? 
they're going to rebel against it. They're, they're not going to want to be spanked. They're not going to be, want to be told no. They're not going to be, they are not going to want to be denied whatever they want to have. But will you honor them and allow that? Or will you honor God and raise them according to how he designed them to be raised? And Isaac spake unto Abraham his father and said, My father, and he said, Here am I, my son. And he said, Behold, the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for a burnt offering? <laughs> is that me? <laughs> and Abraham said, My son, God will provide himself a lamb for a burnt offering. So they went, both of them. They came to the place which God had told him of. Abraham built the altar there and laid the wood in the order and bound Isaac his son and laid him on the altar upon the wood. And Abraham stretched forth his hand and took the knife to slay his son. And the angel of the Lord called him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, here am I. And he said, lay not thine hand upon the lad, neither do thy anything unto him. For now I know and you know that thou fearest God. Seeing thou hast not withheld thy son, thine only son, from me. Wow, what a difference. It's honoring God first. See, children are commanded to honor and obey parents, Ephesians chapter 6. And parents are commanded to honor and obey God. Isaac became one of the patriarchs of Israel. Eli's sons would be killed and spend eternity in a devil's hell. You look at your baby. What do you see? You see an eternal spirit, an eternal soul that is housed in that little body and all three will develop to some point. If that spirit does not develop to the point of receiving Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior, they have no hope of eternal life. And that soul will spend an eternity in a devil's hell. Parents, we need to honor God because that is the best thing that you can do for your child. I get every head bowed this morning. Wow. Basic truths, but not everyone understands basic Bible truths concerning humanity. Life, death, spirit, soul, and body. I trust it'll sink in especially you that have children. They need you to honor God for them. Help them to mature as they need to mature. Father, we bow before you, and we do love you, Lord, and thank you for the truths of your word, and I pray that you would help us all to take heed, to understand what you've given to us, and help us to honor you in doing what you tell us to do. Bless in the invitation in Jesus' name.
Amen.